Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, episode 25, Vicki Davis, for the week of December 16th, 2010. Didn't know what to call this one because, uh, frankly, we had no idea what we were going to talk about uh, before the show began. Uh, so it's uh, uh, Vicki Davis, uh, also known as Cool Cat Teacher on, on the web. Yeah, that's what um, I was thinking. Cool Cat Teacher cool could cat have been teacher, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, we were trying to get her on uh, for a previous, our digital citizenship episode, and the scheduling just didn't work out. Uh, so she graciously uh, agreed to come and join us today, uh, but we didn't have a specific topic in mind so the uh, uh, the I've just hereby declared it the title of the show is Vicky Davis. So well, and, and that was basically it, right? I mean, uh, if you're not familiar with Vicki Davis, which if you're in education, you probably have at least heard of her. Uh, she's such a great high-profile teacher doing so many great things that uh, there's just no way we could pass up on her. And she does rate to have her own show. So uh, so we went ahead and, uh, and did that. So and, there you uh, go. How exciting to have her on. So I just want to start out uh, right at the very beginning and saying I'm sick. Um, I've been, <laughs> I've been coughing and hacking and, and, and just general unpleasant, uh, things coming out of my mouth over the last several days. Lots yeah, of, that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> lots, lots of, of mucal secretions. <laughs> There you go. More than you ever wanted to know. Mucal secretions. How about that? Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's the title of the show. Mucal secretions. No, uh, that would be bad. Yeah, I don't think um, we'll get a whole lot of listeners there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. I, I'm not even going to edit it. There it is. Yeah. That's It's just out there for the world to see. There you go. Uh, well, but, I'll jump in there and say, Mark, you've been a trooper and uh, yeah. you're doing great. So anyway, if you hear me coughing or hacking, uh, I will try to keep that off mic as much as possible. If my voice sounds a little raspy or, or not quite the... Uh, dulcet tones that I am uh, usually producing. Uh, that's what it is. I've got a I've got a pretty bad chest code ha- cold chest code code uh, chest cold happening. I am, however, sucking down antibiotics on a regular basis, so uh, the little microbial people are dying as we speak. At this very moment, there is genocide happening in the the, the bacteria in my body. Uh, so. <laughs> Okay. So, be- so now that we've got a full uh, <laughs> biological update on Mark. <laughs> hey, you're the one who put it in the show notes, yeah, man. That's I was true, just going to let true. it go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, that's just wrong. I, I think we need to go back and redo that whole intro. No, no, that's no. Just, I like it. No, I like it. Let's leave it there. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's terrible. Uh, so, well, let's, let's just, okay. So we'll, we'll <laughs> jump ahead here. Uh, and, uh, uh, we're, we're heading, you know, headlong into the holidays and we're recording and releasing this same week so we're uh, we are talking about the week uh, before the holiday break at least for us and uh uh, so with that said, I wanted to talk a little bit about the shows that we have upcoming because we're really, we're not going to be live streaming. Uh, we did, uh, well, we'll, we'll live stream them as we record them, I guess, but they're going to be released, uh, and we're really not going to do a whole lot else, uh, over the, well, we're not going to do anything else over the next two weeks. So, uh, our upcoming shows, we've got, uh, Listener Spotlight 2 with a very, uh, active member in our community, Bjorn Barents and, uh, or Barent and, Barrett. Uh, yeah, Baron. I always want to put an S at the end of his name, and uh, and then we're also going to have a tightwad uh, year in review, and that'll be the last show to round out the year. So uh, look forward to those. But uh, as far as overall activity from me and Mark, you're not going to see a whole lot because. We're going to enjoy the time. That's right. Maybe some pictures of my kids opening presents on Christmas on my Twitter account, but, uh, yeah, not much else going on podcast related. So, uh, but we're not going to leave you in the lurch. We do have things coming up. 
Uh, also, one uh, bit of news that uh, we have uh, forgotten to mention. We've actually had this uh, for a while and just kept forgetting to mention it. Yeah, what was that about um, a month, six weeks ago a, we did at this? At least a month ago. Right. Um, I set up a Google Voice number for the show. Um, oh, and cool. Uh, since we have the chat room going here, I can actually use that as like a lower thirds generator. And oh, there you go. Our phone number is uh, 530-FRUGAL2. Five three zero F R U G A L two. So if you are frugal too, call us, leave us a voicemail on Google uh, Voice there, and uh, we'll put them in the show somehow. Oh, I don't we know. need to give the we'll actual. That out. We need to give the actual phone number too. Do you have that handy? Um, no, because you know how that is nowadays with phones. You just not many of them have that. You know that's uh, true. Um, but I went. I worked so hard to get that acronym. Right. I don't even know what the numbers are. Yeah. The funny um, thing is, when we were doing that, and you know, when you sign up for a Google Voice account, you can you can choose a number, and it'll give you all these numbers, and you can try to use a a word or something uh, in there. And we must have tried, I don't know, 50 or 100 different things. We were trying to get something that tied into Tightwad, and uh, frugal was the closest thing we could get. So it, uh, it was kind of funny going through that process. So the number, let me uh, generate it off my phone right here as we speak, <laughs> is 530-378-2. Four two five two. I'm going to put that in the chat room. There too, you go. There. there we go. There we go. So that's it. Um, we, uh, hack. Oh, look at that. He, he beat you to it. Got man. me crushed. He was right there. You, you're just slow. And, uh, you're if, slow. if you're wondering who we're talking about and you're not actually listening live, uh, you well, you're just not cool. If you're not listening, you're live. not cool. You don't deserve to know. You're not, that, that's you're all. You're not cool yeah. like HQA radio that is in our chat room now as we record this show. <laughs> so, uh, HQA radio, you are officially cool. I got, uh, a friend of mine listens to the show actually. The, the middle school principal uh, here at uh, at uh, uh, the school that we where we work um, this place I, at this place the right. thing the thing with the thing yeah uh, that's the cold medication there um, I can always tell when he's listening to one of our back episodes because he sends me text messages um, like in the context of the show and I'm supposed to know what he's talking about um, uh, you know with a show that went out came out a month ago uh, right. but he uh, I remember when we first put the chat room up uh, we had uh, Jason was in the chat room he was the only one there and i said if you're not listening you're not as cool as jason and i got a text message that said how dare you i'm every bit as cool as jason and i replied back well apparently not right yeah and so there you go that's just the way it is if you want to be cool you've got to join us live at the tightwadtech.com and join the chat room and and watch the live video feed and uh, then you too will know how slow sean is at typing in phone numbers <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> and uh, back on the whole google voice thing uh one big reason that we did set that up is what we want to give uh, the listeners an opportunity to do is actually give us a call and uh, leave a message now we're we're not going to be answering that uh that number but uh, you you can call in, leave a message if you got a question or, you know, maybe a tip of the week or just anything and uh, anything you want to call us with and leave us a message and uh, you may end up on the show. And uh, we promise to share the funny Google Voice translations with you, the transcriptions. If it's a really good yes. one, we will share it on our website because those can be the source of some brilliant comedy sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, so definitely, uh, you know, get out there, 530-378-4252. Leave us, uh, questions, comments, whatever, and, uh. 530-frugal2. Frugal. Frugal2. We're not cheap, we're frugal. Yeah. 
sure. with Ty Watts. Ty, <laughs> I, I would have loved to have Ty Watt, but that doesn't work uh, for whatever reason. All right, so that's enough um, um, inane babble. Uh, actually, that's probably three or four shows worth of inane babble Absolutely. right there in this intro. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to get on uh, with our show and introduce you to uh, Miss Vicki Davis. And um, our, her Skype connection is not the greatest, and we'll apologize for that in advance. Um, I, I don't know what the issue is, whether it's on, on uh, uh, her end. Uh, she did mention that she's got a brand new uh, PC uh, that she's working from, and maybe that had something to do with it. But uh, uh, we'll try to clean that up as best we can. Uh, but uh, just so you know, uh, there's going to be some weird echoing sort of stuff and that sort of thing. Um, if I can, before we uh, before we bring her on, uh, I'd just like to mention a few few highlights about Vicki Davis, if you don't already know her. Uh, this is a teacher who is a EduBlog award winner for Best Teacher Blog 2008. Uh, uh, also, uh, best wiki EduBlog award 2006 and a horizon project, uh, her horizon po- project was a finalist best wiki 2007. Uh, she's a Google certified teacher and discovery star educator. So, uh, Vicky's a heavyweight and we're, we're glad to have her on. So, and that is a small portion of her resume. Yes. Very, just read there. very small portion, but I know that she's, uh, well, she loves to talk about what she's doing and not very much about herself. So I wanted to go ahead and slip this in there, in there because because uh, the idea of this show is to really get to know who she is. And uh, I, I encourage all of our listeners to, uh, once we're done, go check her out and Google her and uh, maybe follow her on Twitter. Or she's uh, she's quite the social maven. So uh, <laughs> uh, go check her out. But uh, so I'll, uh, I'll leave that at that. And uh, Mark, if you want to get us on with her. All right. All right, so Vicky, uh, let's just start with you giving us a little introduction uh, to our audience. Uh, we're going to assume nobody's ever heard of you, which is uh, quite a, an extrapolation. Yeah, ridiculous, from, right? <laughs> as visible as you are on the web. But we're going to go from that point of view. And uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, uh, what you do and where you do it, and then we'll go from there. Well, um, my name is Vicki Davis. I'm a full-time teacher at Westwood Schools in Camilla, Georgia. I blog at the Cool Cat Teacher blog. Just had my five-year birthday, so I am very much still feel like a beginner and kind of a poster child for the beginner, for the teacher who jumps in with the technology and starts learning uh, what it is. Um, I got started in November 2005. when I was at the Georgia Association of Educators Technology Conference, and I saw a fellow named David Warlick, who you've probably had on the show before, and uh, he had all these ribbons, and I turned around and I said, what's a blicky, and how can I use it in my classroom? So I didn't even say blog or wiki correctly. I mixed it together. (laughs) Um, But he said it depends on what you want to do, and so even though I was wrong, he was right, and that's kind of been everything I've carried with me. with this because uh, I went to Georgia Tech and back in 1990 we were programming in HyperCard and my friends and I created something called Indulgences Unlimited which was a reservation system, actually a working reservation system on the Mac that we could have taken on the internet but we looked at each other and we said this professor's crazy, the internet's not going to be anything (laughs) and we basically had invented Expedia in 1990. Well, when I saw what was happening with blogs and wikis and all of that, and I told I had told myself for the last you know 15 years that if I saw it happening again, I wasn't going to be so dumb to miss out this time. So when I saw exactly what was happening with Web 2.0, it's like the web is reinventing itself. And I here in South Georgia, Camilla, Georgia, three and a half hours out of Atlanta, 
um, I can jump in with both feet and I want my students to be able to recognize change when they see it so they're not as dumb as me and miss, you know, creating something exciting like that. So, you know, I've just kind of thrown in with that, co-invented a project in 2006 called the Black Classroom Project with Julie Lindsay, who's now in Beijing. Um, we've got a book coming out in January 2012 with Pearson Publishing, a couple other books in the works as well that will probably happen shortly after that. And so now I'm just a full-time teacher. I travel and talk at conferences and do some keynotes and things and go to ISTE, but I'm really very much in the classroom every day, and I have three kids, and they keep me busy. And it's just a wonderful, crazy, nutty um, life with friends all over the world, and now I get to meet two new amazing people with a great podcast, so I'm excited to be here. Well, I don't know. Between the two of us, we might make up for one and a half amazing people. Uh, I'm not yeah, sure that, yeah. uh, that we count for two. I'm, I'm maybe 60%, 70%. So uh, just to tell us a little, you mentioned the Flat Classroom Project. Uh, expand on that a little bit. What is that about? It's probably what you're best known for. Uh, uh, just tell us a little bit about what the Flat Classroom po Project is. The Flat Classroom Project, um, it's called Flat Classroom because we study the technology trends in Thomas Friedman's book, The World is Flat. So we split into 11 different groups. They research the current trends in whatever the group may be. So it may be on mobile and ubiquitous computing. It may be on wireless connectivity. It may be on these different things. And so a group of students will research, create the information, put it on a wiki, the, the most current research in that topic. Then they turn around and every student creates their own video in that topic. We've kind of mashed it up with Dan Pink's uh, book, A Whole New Mind. So some students may tell a story. Some may try to have you empathize. Some may uh, go with symphony, which is a group story. So they're all creating videos, and then they outsource part of their video to one of their partners in the other classroom. So we actually have our award show tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock in the morning, and uh, we'll have people from all over the world in that award show. We had 560 students from more than 20 classrooms. Um, I think it was four continents, five continents, uh, all over the world. So we'll have Australia and China and Romania and Japan and all over the U.S. and Canada um, involved in this. So it's really um, just an amazing project where the students take center stage. And we're trying to teach the importance of asynchronous communications because, you know, kids want to be synchronous and we want to be synchronous. We love things like this where we can sit here and we can talk to each other and I can see you on Skype and look at the chat and see folks here in the chat uh, communicating, asking questions. Yeah, making fun of us. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like synchronous, but it's really not possible, particularly here in North America where we have these big um, oceans soaking up the time zone. For America to be successful, our students must be experts in asynchronous communications. Either that or they've got to be willing to stay up all night to work with people in India or, or around the world. So by doing projects like Flat Classroom, the students are learning how to work with somebody in India, how to work with somebody in Oman. Amazing video just got uploaded uh, last week from Oman, and it was what wireless connectivity means to a Bedouin village. And one of the boys in Oman lives in, in a stick, they live in stick shacks, and he has a little netbook, and he sits under the tree, and he puts a cellular modem in it. And he talks about how wireless connectivity brings his Bedouin village. And you see the camels and the goats running around in the background in the desert. And that is the power of it, because you can be in a little tiny place like Camilla or in rural Oman, and the kids can connect in such amazing ways 
that it's transformational, uh, but it's very hard. We're still working through how do we teach asynchronous communications because it is very hard um, to really teach. The kids want to chat. They want to be talking live like we are now. And you, it's a, a real skill to learn how to communicate asynchronously and the tenacity that's required for that. So what are some of the tools that you use? Again, uh, we, we're the tightwad tech. Most of our, uh, uh, focus is on, on tools and techniques and, and, uh, obviously dealing with, um, more impoverished, uh, populations around the world, uh, that ethos is important. So what are some of the tools and techniques that, that you use? Yeah, and now the flat classroom has been free until this year. We had to start charging to kind of split up the cost for the Ning because Ning started charging. So we do use Ning, and that's one of our few things that we have to pay for. We use Wikispaces, uh, TimeBridge to set our appointments, which is such an amazing, wonderful tool, Google Calendar. Um, we use Google Docs. The movie software that we use, some people use, you know, the, the Movie Maker or the iMovie. Others of us use, um, I use Pinnacle Studio, which does cost about $89. Very few of us use the really expensive stuff like Adobe Premiere because most of us are kind of lean and mean like my school. We just don't have a lot of money. Um, so those are just some of the tools we use, but really the kids can use just about anything. I had one of the best videos I've ever seen on the project. The student actually created uh, the animations in paint saved them as JPEG files, pulled it into Movie Maker, recorded the voiceover, and it was amazing. So we really try not to get hung up on the tools, and a lot of our schools are um, don't have a lot of money, so we do kind of gravitate towards everything that's free. Now, right now, um, because of the Ning situation, to join the project, you can apply to join. Um, it's like $50 uh, for 15 students, and then over that, it's anywhere from $1.50 to, to $2.50 a student. 350 a student, but we have our teachers can apply for sweat equity so they can actually have a scholarship for their classroom because we don't want our teachers to have to pay out of their pocket. They can help it. So they can they can apply for sweat equity to kind of work that off as volunteers in the project. And that's how we, we're very grassroots. The teachers volunteer a lot of time on the project. So that's kind of our structure and it's pretty inexpensive. But um, anyway, and our other goal is sort of to foster um, collaborative projects. So we've got another project called DigiTeen, which is digital citizenship. We are piloting an elementary project, which is uh, pilots. We, we don't charge for those because those are pilots. Uh, we've got a black classroom certified teacher. So we've got a lot of different things that are out there. But as, as you know, the focus for a lot of us has to be on the free tools. The tough thing is, is in a lot of schools, things are blocked. So if you don't have a lot of money and you have a really aggressive filter, you know, the thing that teachers need to do is to go and ask for specific URL unblocking to unblock specific things so they can have access. Um, lots of great tools out there now, though, like Aviary. We're using Blogster right now, which is a really cool tool. Lots of things. Uh, Vicky, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because we were watching your uh, your tw or well, we both subscribed to your your Twitter feed, and uh, you uh, recently uh, tweeted about that. That uh, it was funny how restrictive the the filters are, and yet uh, somebody can get on uh, chat, chat roulette. roulette. Yeah. Oh, I was so ticked. Yeah, today um, or this was yesterday. You know, I have my computer room set up so that I can see every single screen in the room which is the only way you can teach technology. Filters just 
you know, they're they're going to get 99 or 95, 99.5% of just about everything. But when something new comes out, these filter people just, you know, they block the good stuff and they let the junk through. I look up and I know exactly what chat roulette looks like, but I didn't talk to my students about it because it's kind of like the forbidden fruit. You know, oh, if you tell your kids don't eat an apple, they'll probably eat one a day. Right. But if you say don't go on chat roulette, everybody's going to do it. So it's I've known about chat roulette, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine months. Since the very, pretty, oh, the very beginning, been watching things. Because, you know, I watch Leo Laporte and all those other folks that, that y'all watch too. Um, and so I kind of been looking and, and hadn't seen it. And there were some kids in there, and I looked up. And somebody was just starting the page, and I'm like, are you going to chat roulette? They didn't even know what it was. They're like, oh, I heard about this site. I'm like, uh-uh, not going there. Let me block it right now. So, you know, the last stat I saw was some reporters had gone in chat roulette, and they went through about 100 chats, and they found that one out of every 10 was someone exposing themselves inappropriately. I thought it was higher than that. I was thinking it was like one in six, but uh, yeah, either way. It, it uh, may have been one one and six, but now there's more normal people getting on there. So okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but it's really just, it's just not a good idea. You know? All right. Well, let's hit on, uh, I want to go back. You mentioned, uh, the DigiTeen project, uh, that was mentioned, uh, last week, uh, by our guest, Dr. Mike Ribble, uh, as we talked about digital citizenship. And originally we were going to try to get you on that show, but it didn't work out. So, uh, this will give you an opportunity to, uh, just, uh, wax rhapsodic a bit about, about digital citizenship. What is your take on that? And, and, uh, the, the responsibility of school versus the responsibility of, of parents, uh, in the whole concept of, of digital citizenship? Well, it's kind of like um, driving or sex ed. You know, what's the responsibility of parents with driving? Well, you have them every day in the car. Yes, you have to teach them the finer points of driving. The school driver's ed is very important, and you should have that. So driving is, is dangerous, and kids need to know how to do it. It takes both. So digital citizenship is the same way. Um, so many schools are completely ignoring all digital citizenship, which is a huge mistake. They're blocking everything. And I saw a study out of the UK that came out not too long ago that actually found that the schools that allow these tools in and the use of the tools, uh, the kids are safer on their own time than they are if you block everything. So digital citizenship in the DigiTeen project, the whole premise is, okay, here, and we've been using Ribble and Bailey's, uh, Mike Ribble's uh, nine aspects of digital citizenship, Actually, and I don't know if Mike knows this, uh, Julie and I have sort of a new uh, framework of digital citizenship that will come out in our book in uh, January 2012 that we think is kind of even more encompassing of what needs to be talked about. But we take those nine aspects and the students research the trends in digital citizenship. Um, and so they, they have this whole method we use also in Flat Classroom, which is, first of all, before you can do anything, you always have to have research. Every book that every project we do, we always have a book. So it's Ben Ribble and Bailey's book, Digital Citizenship in Schools, as our book for that. And then we have the framework, and then the kids do the research, and they research with, with students in other classrooms. So you're literally not allowed to have a student sitting beside you in your same team. You have to be on a team with somebody in another country. So they do the research phase. Then we enter the action phase. And what the students do is they have to do an offline action project at their school about the topic of their choice. 
So what happens is you research it all. The students get together. They talk about everything that they found. And then they say, you know what, here's the problem in our school, and here's what we want to do about it. Or here's the problem in our community. Here's what we want to do about it. So it kind of turns into a service learning project where the students are um, acting on what they've learned. So they do their project at their school. Some people, like my students, um, one of their projects was to build uh, Digiteen Island on Reaction Grid, which is a virtual world that teaches digital citizenship, and it's still there on Reaction Grid. You can go and look at it. Um, but some of them um, work with our elementary kids and use Woogie World to teach digital citizenship to elementary. It's a great tool, free tool, for teaching digital citizenship to kids. So they use that virtual world because they turned out that this younger generation of kids 12 and under is actually called Generation V, Generation Virtual. They're probably not as much going to like Facebook as virtual worlds. So they understand better how, how to use that particular tool. Then the kids turn around and they post their action project. What did you do? What resources do you have? Did you have any flyers? Did you have any handouts? We've had kids do things from host everybody in a bowling alley and have a coffee shop to teach parents and everyone. And they had their videos and they played their videos on the little movie screens you see at the bowling alley. That was some kids out in Iowa who did that. And then you've had kids in China do assemblies. And you've had kids in Japan make movies. And kids in in Australia uh, do training classes for other kids that couldn't be in the class. So it's unique in that they customize it and they turn around and report back to everyone. But I really think the only way to have good digital citizenship education is to move into project-based learning where the kids are researchers and they're turning up current information. Otherwise, the moment a book is printed, it's outdated. Uh, Vicki, I'm kind of curious because uh, uh, you know all of this is amazing, and of course, it's it's uh, it's really uh, kind of brought you to the forefront of a lot of these things out there uh, in education. But uh, my question is, uh, you know, here, like here in Texas, we're here in Texas, and teachers are held to, uh, you know, we say teaching to a test, and uh, you know, they may even be given specific curriculum that they're supposed to be covering day to day. And uh, are you are you in an, uh, an environment where you have a little bit more leeway? Do you have some of those same restrictions placed on you? And if so, how are you working around those, or, or how are you working with your administration to be able to do some of the really neat things you're doing? Um, I. I don't have those restrictions. I've been there nine years, and I had a textbook, you know, kind of given to me for the first few, and I'm to the point where we're very project-based learning, and I'm able to customize. Now, we have a lot of schools that are under these same restrictions who participate in digi digital, uh, participate in DigiTeam, and typically the way they get through the standards is that the DigiTeam project actually meets every ISTNET standard but one, and the um, flat classroom project meets every ISTE standard and in a lot of ways exceeds the standards that are required. So um, they take those standards and and are able to get it into the curriculum uh, that way. The other way is, you know, through pilot programs. I think this whole movement of um, scripting teachers and this on the same page movement where all the teachers have to be on the exact same page in the textbook is not what we want to do here in America in particular because that is a very industrial age thought process. I mean, when you have two assembly lines, you don't have the products in the same 
stage on that assembly line. You may have two assembly lines of cars, and one may be at one position, and one may be at another, but they're still making cars. So, um, you know, but the thing is, is that even if a teacher is under a restriction, um, they can still do something. I mean, I just finished up a keynote in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and one in Louisiana, and the big message to the teachers was, you can't do everything, but let's look at what we can do. Now, what we need in education is not Superman. What we need is super can. It's enough of us deciding, I can do this, or I can do that, and no, no longer, you know, making excuses for ourselves because we all have problems. I have five-year-old computers. Right. I could say, I can't make videos. I can't. Yes, I can. I can do something. I might not can use Pinnacle 12 on it, but I've got Pinnacle 6 running pretty doggone well, and I'm just not going to upgrade. <laughs> five-year-old computers. We're using nine-year-old computers. So, uh, <laughs> right. that's, uh, we would be happy to but have five-year-old computers in some of those places. Yeah, uh, I, I got to say, amen, Vicki Davis. And I think that's really, that's kind of the point of why we're here talking about this right now, right? Is let's get the word out. Let's continue to, to push this and spread, spread the word. And, uh, you know, we have, uh, people in education of all walks, uh, you know, everything from administrators to tech guys to teachers. So, uh, we're, that's part of the reason we were really excited to get you on because of some of the well you know everything you're doing is innovative it seems so uh well i just wanted to ask you how did you get started uh from from classroom teacher uh sitting in front of you know 20 students to uh romping around the world uh presenting in china one week and uh, bangalore the next or whatever it is you do how how did how do you make that transition how did you go from one to the other um well, you know, how do you cook a frog? You just turn it at the heat gradually. <laughs> um, you know, it's just kind of what happens when you connect and you take it one step at a time. And a lot of it's with my blog. You know, I'd like to say that I'm a mastermind, but I'm really not that smart. Um, I have a lot of friends, and honestly, I have a God who's blessed me. And it's just kind of turned out that way. Um, it's very important, I think, for teachers and educators to know how to use their network. Um, it's, I'm very much a product of this grassroots movement of teachers to connect over Twitter and to connect with blogs. And it's amazing because the teachers have really put me where I am. Um, they voted my blog as best teacher blog in education in 2008 on the EduBlog Awards. And those awards are tonight at 7. Uh, but they voted me to that, and when I won that, I started getting a lot of attention that way. But, you know, teachers have really put me where I am, and I am a teacher and am dedicated to being in the classroom for as long as I possibly can. I don't really, I do not have a desire. I was talking to Alan November last week in Memphis, and he's such an amazing person. But I think he's going to travel close to 200 days this year. And I have three children. I have no desire to do that. Um, but if I can bring some innovation, share through my blog, share through podcasts um, like this, then that's a great thing to get to do. Well, that's uh, that's part of the beauty of this, of what we're doing, right, is you don't have to travel anymore. And, you know, you can take your kids, uh, you know, into uh, to Morocco or whatever, wherever the classroom may be, uh, and nobody has to travel, right? Isn't that part of the beauty of it? Yeah, you, you really don't have to travel. Um, you can really do um, just about anything, anywhere. So uh, it's just a it's just a new world. I mean, Web 2.0 is kind of invented Teacher 2.0. I just hope that there are more teachers that realize that they can do this. 
you can be a full-time teacher and you can travel and you can write books and you can see the world. Um, in fact, there's a great book um, by, uh, I'm trying to remember his name, it's called The Three-Hour Workweek by Timothy Ferris and it's about the new rich and he actually mentions teachers in there as some of the new rich that if we teachers are smart then we can leverage our time and leverage Web2 to outsource things and to travel the world and see the world. And in some ways, although my paycheck may not show it, I feel like part of that new rich because, you know, here I'm going to go to China in, in February. And uh, I went to South Africa a couple weeks ago. Uh, Microsoft sent me as a blogger, um, to, as media, to cover their conference. So part of it is the blogging story, and part of it's flat classroom, and and just you know what's happened with it. It's very exciting. Somehow, I don't think we're going to end up on the radar of Microsoft anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being the hey, Linux you know, zealots that we are. Of it, half of it's just sticking it out and doing it every single day. If you can be consistent, whether it's blogging. Or, I mean, you reap what you sow. Um, I've been uh, running now for a year and a half, and didn't I lost five pounds like the first year, didn't lose much, and July joined Weight Watchers and keep kept going, and I've lost 25 pounds. You don't lose 25 pounds with one day. You lose 25 pounds consistently. You don't become a blogger that 30,000 people subscribe to by blogging one day and then blogging again next month. You have to do it consistently. If it's important, if it's something worth doing, it's worth doing poorly at first until you get the hang of it. And it's worth doing consistently until somebody notices. And the other thing is just being, you're, you're passionate about what you're doing. I see your mic setups, and I know that you made fun of them that they're $60 setups. But, you know, I was looking at Leo Laporte. You've got the windsock. You've investigated. <laughs> you've done a lot of stuff to come up with a nice setup and a good quality, and you keep doing what you're doing. I'm hugely impressed with what you're doing, even if my doggone Skype is misbehaving in this cast. <laughs> no, that's okay. And, you know, it's funny because when you were saying that, it was making me think of us, you know, we started out and we, we go back and listen to some of our early episodes and we think, gosh, how horrible we sounded and you know uh it's amazing that anybody wanted to listen to us and then uh we've progressed to this point and i'm sure two years from now we'll look back at these episodes and and, and laugh again but uh but you're right you have to be passionate about it and just keep plugging along and uh and the people will come uh, so uh yeah it's been it's been fun definitely so my question for you is is where do you go uh for your inspiration if 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 your blog and your uh, uh travels and your uh podcasting or whatever it is that you do is inspirational to others uh what is the well from which you drink Um I I have an Amazon Kindle I subscribe to about nine very important sources of information on that Kindle and I read it at least 4 to 5 times a week I'm always reading every spare minute. In fact, halftime of the ball game last night, somebody would look up and see me reading. Um, so reading is very important to me, but also completely unplugging. Um, I have a lot of friends who you know, run around and say, I'm not inspired, I'm not inspired, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's like, get off Twitter, turn off the computer, go outside and pick a flower or you know, look at stuff and play with things and look at this beautiful world and enjoy what's around you and um and be inspired and you know and a lot of my a lot of my inspiration comes from the bible studies i do i mean i have to be honest about that but just 
being with my kids and unplugging and keeping priorities straight, um, I think is just inspirational in itself. And also, just not taking yourself too seriously um, and being able to laugh when things happen. I came back from South Africa and my cat, Boots, uh, I love cats, two of them, but that's not why I named my blog uh, that. But um, And Boots, she wouldn't forgive me. And then I, I could tell she forgave me because she brought me a bird uh, two days <laughs> nice. after. But the problem was I was in the house, and when she dropped the bird at my feet, the bird spontaneously resurrected. And the bird was alive, and it's in my house. And so I'm running through the house, and I've got, like, somebody on a thing like this. So it, imagine my, my cat dropping a bird, and we're talking right here. And, you know, and it's just like, you know, sometimes you just have to just completely just laugh and say, this is ridiculous, but I love it, you know. And that's just part of being inspired, and, and I want to be inspirational. Um, that's part of what I do and um, encourage teachers. I think that teachers are so disheartened that so many people are telling them what they can't do and they're saying shame on you because they feel guilty because this college co-ed just out of school sleeps with their 14-year-old student. And then, you know, we teachers, we like to do the right thing. And so we feel horrible for our profession that somebody did that. And they need somebody saying, you know what, teaching is a great profession. It, you are noble. You are noble people. You are amazing. And you can do this, and teaching is tough and underappreciated, but let's appreciate ourselves, and let's act like the nobility that we are, you know, a princess in a, a sack dress who acts like a princess is still a princess. So we need to learn to behave like the nobility that we are, and that's so much of the message. I love the technology, and a big part of my blog is technology, but a huge part is just saying... Look at who you are, teachers. You are amazing. And not just teachers, but principals, um, coaches. You are amazing. And the whole future of the world lies in your classroom. So let's do a good job and let's be inspirational because you're the only inspiration some of these kids will ever see. Uh, now, uh, Vicki, uh, and really in talking about that and just everybody that's involved, I mean, it's a whole team that comes together to, uh, to make education happen. And, uh, uh, a lot of our listeners are uh, part of that team, but not teachers, uh, but the tech guys as well. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of curious, uh, in your situation there, uh, how, how is that, uh, how is that interplay between the, you know, your tech support people? I, I saw on your wiki, uh, <laughs> that you are also IT director. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, I want to say, uh, how's the interplay? Well, um, Vicki, do you want to unblock that? Um, yes. Let's unblock it. <laughs> Good. So you, you, so you've got quite a bit of, of leeway as far as what you want to do and, uh, and resources you have available, I'm assuming. Okay, on resources, no. I have a person that we bring in uh, a few times a month. He comes on Wednesdays at 12.30, and he helps me for an hour or two. And that's my geeky person who really knows all about the server stuff. And, I mean, I can do all the intermediate things. I don't have a lot of money, um, so I have to be smart about what I do. Um, so, yeah, I'm IT director and teacher, and it's very challenging. And, you know, IT directors, I would totally include them in the category of nobility because they're working with students. I think the most important message I have for IT directors is that um, if it belongs in curriculum, you should push it to curriculum. 
if it belongs in personnel, you should push it to personnel. That a lot of IT people are getting involved in personnel issues and curriculum issues that may not really be best suited for their skill set. So if a teacher wants to unblock Facebook because they, they say they're going to use that in their classroom and you know they're a slacker, then really you should take it to curriculum and say, you know what, so-and-so, um, you know, Coach Bonehead wants to use um, Facebook for such and such a project. Do you want him to do it? And let curriculum make that call and be the bad guy. Because one reason I think that IT people are considered such the bad guy is that administration is pawning off hard decisions onto IT that belong on administration. Personnel things in terms of somebody's goofing off all day and hogging the bandwidth, that's a personnel issue. If people are wanting to use websites that are not appropriate for classroom use, that's a curricular issue. Um, so that's my biggest message, and I'll tell you, in my own school, that's what I do. If it's a curriculum issue, I take it to curriculum. If it's a personnel issue, I take it to administrators because, see, I work with these teachers. So I have to be, I, they are my, my colleagues, and I have to protect that. And I find when I get out of that and get into personnel and other issues that it causes resentment. And I think those two things would help a lot of IT people um, have a, a job, not that's easier, but that maybe people can see them as helpers and not obstacles as much. Yeah, that's uh, it, it's so interesting that you say that because uh, I know you were saying that with maybe a little bit of uh, trepidation, but uh, we're right on the same track. Uh, so so uh, you, you, you're right where we're at. Uh, we like to run as open as we possibly can. And uh, very often uh, a complaint of ours, because uh, Mark and I are, are the tech guys, uh, is that uh, they very often try to treat us as classroom managers and we uh, don't want to fill that role. We don't want to have anything really to say about what. And what we the can't do it well. It's not just a matter of don't want to. We would be doing a bad job if we were. Right. And so it, it doesn't really always fall down on the side of, 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 uh, uh, philosophy. Sometimes it's just a matter of efficiency. Uh, we're not teachers. Yeah. We're not in there. We can't make those decisions and shouldn't, shouldn't be a expected to or be expecting to. Amen. Totally nailed it, completely. And I want to take this and just take that little clip out of it and play it to people to hear it on my own blog. <laughs> well, we certainly because we certainly echo that uh, very often on our show. So, <laughs> well, this is what this is what some teachers do. Okay, this is how I'm going to implement technology. I'm going to use it as a reward. If you do what I ask you to do, if you do this worksheet that you hate, and you turn it in on time, I'll take you to the computer lab and we can play games or surf. That is a horrible use, a horrible use of technology in the classroom. And it shouldn't be allowed. Because if you talk about when kids are going to get past the filter, it's when they're just allowed to surf. Just play. Let's go play as a reward. No. You know, let's go let them play in the street as a reward for getting their work done. <laughs> it's just ludicrous. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. And, uh, uh, we, uh, we do preach that. And, uh, it, it's uh, sometimes it seems counterintuitive because a lot of our contemporaries, uh, seem to like to empire build and, and, uh, you know, be kings of their realm or whatever. But, uh, we, we certainly preach the same thing as, uh, to go, uh, across that grain. So, 
Well, Vicky, yeah. we're we're running out of time. I know that you uh, have a tight schedule, as as all globetrotters must. I assume. I I don't know. I go from uh, home to work and back to home. I I, I don't get invited to China, uh, but uh, <laughs> I assume that you must have a very busy schedule. So uh, I, I I'm just gonna uh, pitch one more uh, softball at you and say what um, if there was one uh, statement, one idea, one sentence that you wanted to leave our audience with the the last thought in their mind. Uh, what would that be? What is your Final word of wisdom. To echo what I said earlier, that wherever you are in education, don't get hung up on these discussions, big picture discussions of all the things that's wrong with education. You be what's right with education. You can't do everything, but you can do something. And if it's just looking students in the eye, calling them by name and smiling at them and letting them know that they are important. But even more, if it's technology, if it's putting something in their hand that will change their life, that they can do, um, then do it. But you can do something. So we need to start focusing on what we can do and let super can change education and stop waiting on Superman. Amen. All right. I don't think anybody could have said it better than that. Uh, thank you, Vicki, for your time. Um, once again, that's uh, Vicki Davis, a.k.a. Cool Cat Teacher. Uh, just do a Google search or a Bing search or an Alta Vista search, whatever your uh, search engine of choice is. If you type in cool and cat and teacher, this woman's going to come up. Yeah, and uh, dev- uh, check out Flask flatclassroomproject.org and you're going to find out a lot of information about what Vicky spoke about today so definitely uh, please go there and we'll have links to all of this information in our uh, our show notes uh, that we post on our uh, on our site cool thanks for great. being with thank us Vicky that was awesome yeah have a great day Vicky thank you so much thanks. bye y'all bye bye all right. That, uh, once again, that was Vicki Davis, uh, cool cat teacher. Um, uh, wonderful things to say. We're, uh, happy she, uh, joined us. Uh, and, um, that was, that, I'm kind of fired up now. That was, a the woman preached a sermon, uh, and, and we, we were here to, to see it. Uh, yeah. What a great, uh, I mean, don't you, you feel like it's an honor to have somebody like that on the show. I mean, somebody who one is doing such a noble job and, uh, two is so passionate about it and, uh, and then is out there spreading the good word. So yeah, it, it's funny you say that, uh, they use the word preaching, but, uh, she very much is, uh, is a preacher in that realm. So, uh, great to have her at, uh, at our pulpit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose that's what all uh, teachers are in in their own way. Uh, so we'll move right on to the uh, uh, tech tip of the week and the teacher tip of the week. And uh, I'll begin with uh, the tech tip of the week. This one comes uh, to us uh, from uh, a man in our chat room known as PKU. Pete, uh, and uh, he recommended this uh, tool. It's called Tunnelier. T-U-N-N-E-L-I-E-R, Tunnelier. Uh, uh, essentially what Tunnelier is, is it, uh, it's an SSH client, uh, for Windows, uh, which, uh, like SCP, which I think I've mentioned before, uh, but it has a really nice, friendly, GUI interface. Um, I, I kind of think that's somewhat, uh, Odd, uh, in the fact that you have something as advanced as an SCP client, an SSH client. That's a only, you know, six level uber geeks are going to be doing that. 
but it has a pretty GUI interface. So it's kind of an interesting combination there of user-friendly newbiness and uh, full-featured geeky power. Um, but it, uh, it's, uh, it's a really neat tool. Check it out. Uh, the link uh, will be on our show notes. It's uh, uh, by bitvice.com. But uh, so if you have uh, uh, the license on that one is free for individual use. It's not uh, um, open source or uh, free uh, for enterprise use. So it's probably not something that you could, uh, do at school. On the other hand, if you're the tech guy at school and you're the individual, I mean, that counts, right? If you're, if there's not like nine people using, I don't know, uh, licenses are, are one of those tricky things, but, uh, um, uh, anyway, I just thought I'd mention that tunnelier, uh, graphical SSH client. And now, Sean, what is our teacher tip of the week? All right. I've got a, a pretty cool one here. Uh, it is adoptaclassroom.org. And, uh, just like it sounds there. Um, and, uh, what adoptaclassroom.org is, is it's a site where you can go either as a teacher, you can sign up for this, uh, and, uh, people will, donate to your classroom. So uh, one thing uh, that they mention on their site is that teachers spend on average $1,200 a year out of pocket in uh, getting classroom supplies and things of that nature. And uh, I don't know how accurate, I don't know where that number comes from. It seems, sounds like it's maybe a little high, but there certainly is, uh, you know, most teachers out there are certainly coming out of pocket every year, uh, to get just the basics to really do their job. And, uh, so that's what adoptaclassroom.org is, is about is really linking donators and teachers together and, uh, uh so that uh, we can provide the teacher with the re- teachers with the resources to do the things they need to in their classroom. Um, now, uh, certainly this is a teacher tip, uh, and I, I, I urge teachers to go and check this out and sign up. But, uh, one thing you're going to notice if you go there and you really look around, uh, enough is that there's a lot of people who have signed up and then just left it at that and hope that, uh, you know, Bill Gates wanders by their thing and decides to don't, you know, donate a bunch of money to their site. Uh, so teachers, if you go on there and, and sign up for this, uh, make sure you promote it. Uh, I've seen some teachers doing some really interesting things where they've got class blogs and wikis and things like that. And, uh, adoptaclassroom.org gives you badges to put on your own sites and things like that so that you can drive traffic there. Um, uh, this, uh, this organization is, uh, I guess a hundred percent pass through. So there's no, uh, there's no maintenance fees that are being taken out. A hundred percent of the money that goes in there, uh, goes straight to the teacher. Um, and, uh, if you're wanting to donate or you're interested in donating, uh, you can go on there, do a search for your teacher. You can find a teacher, uh, by district, uh, so long as they've signed up on the, on the site. And, uh, you know, I was curious and when I first came across there, I just did a search for our school district and I found a teacher in our school district that had signed up for this service. Uh, so, uh, really? y- yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very awesome. Uh, now I don't know how much money she's, uh, she's gotten out of that, but again, uh, I would stress is once you've signed up with this, then it really falls back on you to make sure that you're promoting it. You know, that people are out there or you, you get the word out so that people out there will know about it and go and donate and, uh, that money can come in. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if you were just getting the word out to the parents of the kids in your classroom that you probably would come up with a few hundred dollars at least. Um, uh, if you were somebody like Vicki Davis, who's got a huge network, you know, if she was doing something like this, I can only imagine that she'd, she'd have, uh, you know, uh, 
an entire Mac lab, <laughs> you know, donated to her. Uh, and there may be people out there who want to help and don't know they can help. Uh, but if they see that a need is something like, uh, boxes of tissue paper for cold season in the elementary school. Right. Or hand know. sanitizer and right. things of that nature. So, um, yeah, that might be a good thing to put on your school website, uh, or, uh, you know, in your newsletter if you send out or whatever. Sounds like a, a really, uh, neat idea that is probably way underutilized. Well, and when I, when I looked at this, and of course this is really, uh, focused on, on the educational world, but, uh, it got me to thinking, and just like we do with our website and teachers out, out there, you can do this as well, is, uh, just if you've got a, a classroom site, put a, a PayPal donate button on there if you if you want to do that. Um, so uh, that's another route that you can take. So uh, in the end, I guess overall, this is just a teacher tip about uh, about these types of things and that uh, that they are out there and that you know maybe you can get some money flowing into your classroom to get some of these things done that uh, that you're not going to get help otherwise. So uh, adoptaclassroom.org. All right. Thank you for that awesome teacher tip of the week. How's that? Big, awesome. Big radio voice. Yeah. Big radio teacher, voice. Big. Uh, what is that? Um, Chicken Little, right? Uh, you seen that? Uh, did you just try to use the big voice on me? Silence. Uh, okay. Me, no. Sorry. Just me. Um, I've often described my brain as like a... Uh, 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 Big pile of mush. No, like a clothes dryer. (laughs) Like at the laundromat, right? The clothes dryer. Right. Okay. Things spinning around in there. But mine, the door is broken. So every now and then something as it's spinning out just flops out. There's nothing I can do about it. And that was one of those moments. I'm here to vouch for that. That is pretty accurate. Yeah. It's just, it's sort of like. Uh, Tourette's maybe it's but it's like bizarre trivia Tourette's yeah um, sure <laughs> <laughs> okay um, I at, think at least it's not curse words <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true all right so I think we'll have enough of that so um, Sean where can people find out more about the tightwad tech I believe uh, the best place to start would be the tightwad tech.com the tightwad tech.com correct and uh, of course you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and there's links there for you to do that uh, if you feel so inclined you could donate to our company cause and uh, get those big giant expensive Leo Laporte like mics <laughs> <laughs> and that would be at uh, facebook.com slash the tightwad tech or twitter.com slash the tightwad tech um, in case you haven't figured out the name of the show we are the tightwad tech and so uh, join us there in our community uh, we're uh, happy to see that it is growing uh, steadily and uh, new people are being added every day and um, and contributing to the forums and, and really becoming part of the conversation and as I've said before uh, this is our uh, platform but it's your show and so we want to hear from you and and uh about uh what you have uh what your interests are uh so um we uh we encourage you we plead with you to uh to join in and and feedback to us and let us know what's going on and uh tell us what we're doing and and as i've said many times before if you like what we're doing uh tell everybody if you don't like what we're doing tell us and give us a chance to fix it so there you go yeah uh this is um the last week of school for us, uh, uh, on Friday, we get out of school for Christmas break. Um, and we were lucky to get, uh, uh, Vicki Davis to join us on this one. I will be, uh, rapidly post producing this one and trying to get it out tonight since it's supposed to hit the RSS feed tomorrow. Um, right. This is a, a rare quick turnaround. Usually we, uh, we record, uh, one to three weeks in advance, roughly. And, uh, we're turning this one in around very quickly. And, uh, primarily because we know a lot of you out there will, well, 
we're not going to be at the top of your list over the next two weeks. You're going to be at home enjoying uh, the holidays with your friends. So uh, uh, that might be a lightly listened to period of time, and we wanted to make sure and get Vicki Davis out before uh, we hit the holiday right. season. And having said that, we've uh, got one episode recorded. We're going to try to get another one pre-recorded. Uh, so there will be no live shows uh, for the next two weeks, uh, but we will have something in your RSS feed, if only if it's just me saying Happy New Year. Uh, we'll have something there. Uh, for you to look forward to uh, during those two weeks absence and then uh, at the new year we'll come back uh, with a vengeance so uh, there you have it all right great show uh, I think so too yeah so uh, if there's nothing more thank you Merry Christmas Happy New Year Happy Hanukkah Happy Kwanzaa uh, Festivus Festivus for the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> yes a Festivus for the rest of us um, and on that note this is Mark signing off and Sean signing off 